Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to my YouTube channel. My name is John Campia, and this is a companion video. What are companion videos? Well, I'm awfully glad that you asked. See, every day on the John Campia Show, Monday through Friday, we take your comments and questions. However, we normally don't have enough time to get through all the comments and questions that get sent in, but I want to make sure if you sent in those comments or questions and you tip to support the channel that you don't have to wait too long to get those questions answered. So we gather them up and we address them here on companion videos. So let's not waste any time and start getting into it, shall we? And we're going to start things off here with Twilight Boy. Uh, somebody's using my name, Twilight Boy, who writes, part one of two. In an interview with Yahoo Japan, Robert Pattinson says that Bruce, who chases the corruption and evil that pervades the city, lives as Batman. Bruce Wayne and Batman are wondering if they should have two faces. Uh, part two of two. Uh, shows they truly understand the psychology behind Batman. Cannot wait for this movie. Yeah, listen, and I've said for a long time that the main reason that Ben Affleck has been my favorite Batman, not, not that Ben Affleck's Batman movies have been my favorite Batman movies. Those are the Christopher Nolan Batman movies. But he has been my favorite Batman because he clearly understands who Batman is. I think better than any other iteration. And it seems to me like Matt Reeves going into this the batman movie he seems to have a pretty good idea of it too and that makes me excited as well twilight boy i cannot wait to see this movie still my number one most anticipated movie of the year all right next up some dude writes why doesn't amazon or google open a physical movie theater with the ability to walk in pay whatever it costs to rent a movie on their vod service and watch any movie available on their service on the big screen okay Interesting idea, some dude, but there's a big, big reason why. They would go out of business in five minutes. It costs a lot of money to, number one, have a big physical space like a movie theater. Like just having the space itself is untold tens if not hundreds of thousands of dollars a month, right? Right there by itself. Then... Heating, cooling, having the power on, having staff, having things. It is a very expensive endeavor to have a movie theater. Very expensive endeavor. If you and four friends wanted to walk into, say, an Amazon movie theater and pay $5.99, whatever it costs to rent a movie on Amazon, and pick whatever movie you want so you can sit there and watch on the big screen. Well, that's good for you, but Amazon is going to lose hundreds of dollars just in the time that it takes you to sit there and watch that movie. I mean, they need movie houses. Movie theaters needs movie houses filled with people. And uh, yeah, that is just not economically viable. That will put them out of business really fast. And so you'd have to come up with a solution that would make it cost effective. Uh, and I can't think of one off the top of my head right now. I'm sure if we brainstormed, we could, but that's kind of the main reason for that, some dude. All right, next up. Phil L. writes, one of two. With all the Batman hype, uh, decided to take a trip through all the Batman live-action movies. Nice. And one question I thought of, is Batman Forever and Batman and Robin a continuation of Tim Burton's Batman and Batman Returns storyline? I've always imagined that it is. Anyway, so that was part one of two. What's two of two? Two of two. Or would you consider Batman Forever and Batman and Robin more like another Earth with all the DC multiverse type of scenario? No, I've always imagined in my head that it is one continuation. And look, that I don't believe there's ever been anything official that says it is. 
But in my own head canon, it's always been a continuation. And, you know, the very fact that they've had Alfred running through as well. So I've always kind of envisioned that, but I can't think of any time that anybody from the studio has definitively said that this is one continuous storyline or that these are separate iterations of it. But in my head canon, it's always been one continuous storyline. I might be right about that. I might be wrong about that, Phil. I'm not 100% sure. But to me, it's always been one story. Actually, I'd be very curious to know from everybody else. How have you looked at those movies? Do you look at them as one continuous series? You know, from, you know, uh, Tim Burton's Batman movies to the uh, Val Kilmer Batman to the George Clooney Batman. Have you seen that as one movie series or have you seen them as different iterations of the story altogether? In my head canon, it's always been the same, but maybe it's not. What do you guys think? Great question, Phil. All right. Anonymous writes. A buy one, rent one, lose one. Man of Steel, Shawshank, Avengers 12. No, not going to play that one. Uh, th these are just three movies that are just all obviously far too near and dear to my heart. So uh, I am not going to play that game with that. Now, I, I will say I would position Avengers 2012 over Man of Steel because I believe Avengers 2012 is the greatest comic book movie ever made. I still believe that to this day. Man of Steel is the most underrated comic book movie of all time, in my opinion. But uh, other than that, that's how I kind of uh, shift that around. All right, Joe Starr writes, Hey, John and crew. No crew right now, just me. First time tipper. Well, thank you for writing in, Joe Starr. Uh, can't wait for Jedi Fallen Order 2. And also, did you see the, Star the Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga overview trailer? Uh, it looks great and has some RPG elements, and it looks more sophisticated than any of the other Lego games. I have not seen that. Now, you have to forgive me. I have only dabbled in a couple of Lego games. I've never played any of them extensively. They've always felt pretty similar though, right? Like you're grabbing a bunch of the Lego blocks and then you build something quick and blow. They've never been my favorite games, but that's fine. They are very, very, very popular with a lot of people. I have not heard of this, but if they're actually building a Lego game that's a little bit different and has some like RPG elements and stuff like that, that could be very enticing to me, Joe. That could be very enticing to me. You know, I'm, as soon as I'm done this video, I'm going to go look up that trailer. Thanks for putting it on my radar, man. All right, Joe Star also writes, uh, just for curiosity, if somebody tips you $50 to talk in a Yoda impression, voice and grammar for a whole John Campy episode, would you do it? No. Uh, honestly, without exaggeration, that would take closer to somewhere around $1,000, honestly, to be to like, so because, you know, we have sponsors, and our sponsors give us a certain amount of money to have a one to two minute spot. And that's only one to two minutes of our show. So for me to do an entire like two hour episode dedicated to our request, like doing it all in a Yoda voice, my Yoda is terrible. I have a terrible Yoda voice. Um, it would probably, yeah, for a thousand dollars. Yes. You could sponsor the John Campia show for $1,000. no. Because if you multiply the one minute to two minutes over, because the show is like 150 minutes long, maybe three or $4,000. Three or $4,000. And maybe I'd be willing to do one episode in a Yoda voice and have no voice by the end of it. All right, John Ashford writes, since Marvel is dipping their toes in horror with the upcoming Blade, are they though? Like, we don't really know. Anyway, do you think they'll ever do... 
uh, do their westerns. Um, well, listen, I, I would suggest that they have dipped their toes in a little bit of horror elements before, but, and we'll see how much a Blade movie does or does not go in that direction. Um, yeah, I could totally see them doing westerns. Look, every project that Marvel puts out has its own unique slant. Some heist, some political thriller, some straight up comedy, some straight up more action, some straight up more. I mean, they've all got their own kind of thing. So for them to come around and do something like what Logan did, which was really more like a proper Western, like Logan was absolutely a Western. Everything about Logan is a Western. They're not running around with cowboy hats on, but everything about that movie screams Western. So I could totally see Marvel getting around to that probably sooner rather than later. All right, Tim Bartow writes, Hey, John, I'm a huge fan of your show. Thank you so much. What are your thoughts on the 2000 Guy Ritchie movie Snatch? Top 20 favorite. It's it's absolutely in my top 20 favorite films of all time. Now, a lot of people, when you're talking about that era of Guy Ritchie films, they will go lock, stock, and two smoking barrels. And that movie is great. I love it. But Snatch, to me, is one of the most fun, hilarious uh, in- intriguing, wonderful, wonderful movie. Protection from what? The Germans. It is one of my all-time favorite movies. It doesn't crack my top 10, but it is very easily in my top 20 films of all time. I love that movie. All right. Uh, Casey McNatt writes, don't know if you'll cover this by the time you get, uh, you get, you get to this. Lee Daniels sold his his latter exorcism thriller, The United States versus Billie Holiday, to Netflix, and it cost them over $65 million. Uh, that's a lot of moolah. It will it will star Andra Day, who will star with Octavia Spencer, love her, Glenn Close, love her, uh, Rob Morgan, Caleb McLaughlin, and Anjuane Ellis. Uh, sources say the $65 million is covering the film's budget and buyouts. Yeah, I'm not totally surprising. I mean, look, think of it this way. Ryan Johnson, I, I might be off by a couple of million dollars, but Ryan Johnson sold uh, Knives Out 2 and 3 to Netflix for, I think it was $450 million. It was over $400 million. Uh, For argument's sake, let's say $450 million. That's $225 million per film. That covers... All the production costs and a nice healthy payout check and big payday for all the people involved, right? So that's uh, so hearing that you know Lee Daniels, who's a, a very you know prominent director today, selling his for sixty five million, that that sounds right about right. Now listen, there's a day coming. Right now, the streamers are paying all kinds of money for all the stuff. Right, a day is coming. When those numbers are going to drop like rocks in a lake. Because there will be nowhere else for filmmakers to go and producers to go to make movies other than the streaming services. And they will be at the mercy of whatever the streaming services want to pay. So yeah, they're paying out top dollar right now. But there's a day coming when that's going to dry up real fast. And they're going to have no other recourse. What's a filmmaker going to do? You know, after that. So, but yeah, sixty-five million—that sounds about right, especially when you compare it to the two hundred and twenty-five million that Ryan Johnson got for doing his *Knives Out* movies. And of course, the original *Knives Out* is a well-known 
is a well-known film. It got Oscar nominations and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, so 65 million sounds about right. All right, next up. Uh, Thanos writes, one of two. Hey, John and Co. I am a regular viewer since July of 2018. Good to have you around, man. Thank you for being around that long. One of my fondest memories, uh, fondest moments in recent memory is when I had a two months deadline on a finals project. For those two months, every night, it's been just me, the project, and the John Campia show. That's awesome. Uh, the great entertainment you bring us and the great community we have. Uh, have made these two months much more memorable and fun uh, than they probably would and should have been. Just wanted to thank you for all your hard work and bringing and bring on the filthy. Well, listen, Thanos, thank you so much. It's, it is amazing to me all the time when people write in to say, I listen to you at work. I listen to you at the gym. You know, sometimes a lot of people write in and say, you know, I was in the hospital for a stretch and uh, we had the John Campy show with us. It is for me always one of the most mind-boggling, amazing things that our viewers and the members of our community have us along with them during their day. It's an incredible honor that is not lost on us. We are very cognizant of how honored we are um, that you guys have us along there. So we were happy to be there with you, Thanos, and thank you for being a part of our community. And I hope your finals project went well, by the way. If not, just blame it on me. All right, Andrew Huffman writes, John, remember when you talked about Chris Evans is coming back in a future MCU project for something? Yes. I promise you I will die laughing if we see Chris Evans come back as the Human Torch as a variant in Doctor Strange. I will die. Yeah, I mean, I I can't see them doing it. I really can't see them doing it. Because the Chris Evans Captain America is sacrosanct. I mean, it's, they are... It, 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 like that Captain America in the MCU is holy ground. And I don't think they will ever do anything to cause any confusion with it. Like any confusion with it at all. That doesn't mean we couldn't see an alternate reality version of Captain America. But I don't think they would ever have Chris Evans as anything else. But is it a possibility? Man, I think you'd be wrong not to at least say it's a possibility. So I really can't see it happening, but there seem to be throwing everything plus the kitchen sink out the window at these things. So you never know, Andrew. You never know. All right. Zombie Cocktail writes, Hey, John, uh, we can't get Peacemaker in the UK. That sucks. I am not enjoying Boba Fett, but loving The Tourist with Jamie Dornan on BBC. I've never watched that, but I've heard it's pretty good. Um, a man wakes up with no memory of who he is in the Australian Outback. Definitely look it up. You know, there's a, I've seen a lot of movies and TV shows that start with a man wakes up without his memory. Right? I mean, we've seen that in a number of things. Like, even just off the top of your head, Memento, Born Identity. There have been many, many others. But still, it is a very cool premise. And I am liking Jamie Dorn, especially after Belfast. I'm enjoying him more and more and more. So, I, you know, I don't know that I'll ever have time to get around to this one. What's it called? The Tourist. I don't know if I'll have time to get around for it. But I will definitely keep my eyes open for it. All right. Thanks a lot for that zombie cocktail. Next up, Chloe Fanning writes, with the new Highlander movie, I would like to see them go deeper into the lore of the Immortals and their beginnings and their beginnings. Highlander 2 was just plain lazy writing with no real lore to the beginning. Uh, there can only be one. How did that come to be with lore? All right. Thanks a lot for writing that in, Chloe. And look, the Highlander 2, I have what I call the unholy trinity of the absolute worst 
big Hollywood studio wide released movies of all time. Like I'm sure there's like cheaper little independent movies that are worse, but as far as the big Hollywood studio wide release films, the three worst to me in cinematic history, the unholy Trinity are in no particular order, battlefield earth, Halle Berry's Catwoman, And I love Halle Berry, but you know, Halle Berry's Catwoman and Highlander too. I just think they're the three worst movies ever made as far as big wide release films. I think they're the worst ever made, but I would not call it lazy. It, it wasn't laziness. Somebody worked very, very hard to create that crap. And I think we make the mistake sometimes of seeing something bad and saying it was lazy. No, somebody can work very, very, very diligently and very, very, very hard and work as hard as they could and try to be as creative as they could and still come up with crap, right? I mean, that that's reality. It doesn't mean they were being lazy. I, I, I do not consider Highlander too lazy. I do consider it the worst thing ever done, but it wasn't out of laziness. It was just out of, man, they made bad decisions. Oh my goodness, they made bad decisions. But, and I'll tell you this too. As a massive Highlander fan, because Highlander 1 is in my top 10 all-time favorite films list. It is, I mean, it's the all the films in my top 10 list, people go, oh yeah, that's a great one. And oh yeah, that's a great one. And that's a great one. But whenever I come around to the Highlander with Christopher Lambert, yeah, yeah. The one with Clancy Brown, yeah, yeah. The, the one with Sean Connery. Yeah. Yeah. That's in your top 10. Yep. That one's in my top 10. That, that, that movie is a very, very special place in my heart. I'll be honest with you. I don't know that I care much about where did there can be only one come from. I don't know that I care about it. Just like Boba Fett. There's something grand about Boba Fett because of the mystery of Boba Fett. And then once you take the helmet off and you just hear him talking a lot and, you know, hiring the Vespa street gang and Moss Espa, it, it loses some of the magic. And I don't know that I need to know about the, the origins of the immortals. I just want a great Highlander story. Now, if they decided to go that way, I'm cool with it, but, uh, it's not something that I necessarily feel the need for. I don't think everything needs to be explained, but that's just kind of my take. But if that's what they decide to do, Chloe, I'm all for it as well. So we'll see how that goes. Thanks for writing in. All right. Garden variety vagabond writes, John and gang. I agree on the nightmare fuel. That is a uh, Renesme, uh, but let this make you feel old. Take a look at what 21 year old Mackenzie Foy looks like now. Oh yes. No, she's stunning. Mackenzie Foy actually is absolutely con completely stunning. And she has gone on to have regular acting work as well. Here, let me pull some of this up. She was in uh, Interstellar. She was young Murph, so she did that. But then she even had her own big lead movie. She did that Nutcracker and the Four Realms, the one she did with Morgan Freeman. Uh, there was Morgan Freeman, Kira Knightley, Helen Mirren. Uh, it wasn't a very good movie. It wasn't a very good movie at all, but she she actually had the lead in that. So she's continued to go on and work. And you're right, man. She's she's turned into an incredibly beautiful young woman. I mean, she's absolutely stunning. I think she's how old is she now again? Like 21 years old or, or something like that. I can't remember. Yeah, 21 years old now. But yeah, she, unlike a lot of these like child role actors who kind of then disappear, she actually went on, continued to do stuff and... We'll see if she gets more in the future. But yeah, it is crazy. It's crazy. Looking at that little girl 
that young girl from the Twilight movies, and she's all grown up now, and it is kind of nuts. All right, next up, uh, we've got Sammy J who writes, Hey, John, uh, Rob, Ray, Chris, and Aaron, and obviously it's just me today. Uh, Say that five times fast. During yesterday's live chat, somebody mentioned recasting, and it got my brain working uh, for once. LOL, I was watching Ozark and glanced at my phone while Jason Bateman was talking and pictured Tony Stark. Ooh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I love Jason Bateman. And granted, I've only seen a few episodes of Ozark, so most of my experience with Jason Bateman is his do- is him doing comedy. That's most of my exposure to him. I don't know that I could see Jason Bateman as to- I mean, I could see him in a lot of things. I love him. He's a very good director as well, by the way. But I don't know if I see him as Tony Stark. I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you think you guys could see a Jason Bateman as Tony Stark? Maybe, I suppose. All right. Uh, Ocean's Eleven reboot cast. All right. I guess somebody asked the other day about... How would you re- recast Ocean's Eleven? You know my answer to that. So as, as long as you get talented actors in the role, I don't care. But here we go. Ocean's Eleven reboot cast. George Clooney's role. James McAvoy. As Ocean? Uh, I don't know. I mean, he's he's great. I'm sure he'd make it work. Uh, Brad Pitt's role. Michael Fassbender. Don Cheadle's role. Uh, Winston Duke. I love Winston Duke. Number four, Scott Kahn's role. The Rock. <laughs> Number five, Casey Affleck's role. Kevin Hart. Uh, Elliot Gould's role, Will Ferrell, Matt Damon's role, Tom Holland, Carl Reiner's role, Ben Stiller. Oh, that's an, actually an interesting idea. Uh, Bernie Mac's role, Damon Wayne, uh, Damon Wayne Jr. Number 10, uh, Eddie, uh, Jemson's role, Thomas Middleditch. Number 11, Shabu Quinn's role, uh, Ludi, probably you're gonna say Ludi Lynn, right? Um, Oh, okay, that was it. So you're probably going to say, oh, yeah, you did say Lynn. It's right there. Ludi Lynn. That's not bad, too. By the way, I'm a big fan of Ludi Lynn. Good Canadian kid, so obviously I'm a little bit biased. Ludi is a good Canadian kid. I had a chance to to hang out and talk with him and his mom uh, once in our studio. And just a really super good guy. And I I like a lot of your picks. Again, to me, ultimately, as long as you get talented actors, but just about everybody you listen to there is super talented. So not a mad, not a bad job there. Ocean's 11 reboot cast right next up. Sam Weiser Gamgee writes, Hey guys, the deaths of meatloaf and, uh, uh, Louie Anderson overshadowed the passing of another great actor, uh, Hardy Kruger. I did not hear that. Hatari uh, with John Wayne, Flight of the Phoenix with Jimmy Stewart, Wild Geese, and A Bridge Too Far. His real-life story was remarkable, too. R.I.P. Mr. Kruger. You know what? You're not wrong when you said that Meatloaf and Louis Anderson's deaths completely overshadowed that, because I didn't even hear that. I didn't even know about that. Thank you so much for putting that on the radar there, Sam Wise. I appreciate that very much. All right. Uh, Lucasfilm fan writes, Hello, I saw that Lucasfilm lost the rights to adapt the series uh, Children of Blood and Bone into a film series. We actually talked about that on the John Campus show a little bit earlier today. Um, I'm really worried Lucasfilm's theatrical side seems to be struggling and that this means and what this means for Star Wars films in particular. What do you think? Oh, no, no, no. Has not. No, 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 don't worry about it. Honestly, if anything, them deciding to let that go probably is a good thing for star Wars films because, you know, one of the things that I said on the show earlier today was that while there are Disney has certainly put out some awesome star Wars stuff, Mandalorian seasons one and two, uh, the force awakens rogue one solo, a star Wars story, uh, rebels. They've certainly done some things that I think are just awesome. 
they've also done such great stuff. Rise of Skywalker, which I hate. Yeah, you know, I just hated Rise of Skywalker. A lot of people aren't super thrilled with Book of Boba Fett right now, but that last episode seemed to maybe turn things around. We'll see how that goes. Look, whether you love the Disney Star Wars stuff or hate the Disney Star Wars stuff, the one thing that I think most people can agree upon is the house is not in order. They have turmoil in the house, in the Lucasfilm house. And I think before you start trying to go off and do other IP and all this other kind of stuff, you got to get your house in order. And I would say once you're really operating on and firing on all cylinders with your Star Wars stuff, with your Indiana Jones stuff that they're trying to get going right now, then maybe focus on this other stuff. But I think them letting that go, letting go the blood and bone stuff, that was probably a wise idea. And just focus on your core IPs right now, get those up and healthy, and then worry about maybe expanding out to other IPs. So actually, Lucasfilm fan, I take that as a good thing. To be honest with you, listen, I was intrigued by it as anybody when they announced that they were going to do it years ago. But honestly, with the way things are right now, it's probably for the best. It's probably for the best. All right. Nosferatu writes, assuming the Death Star is about the size of a small moon, how do Imperial officers manage coffee runs? Easy. A Starbucks or Tim Hortons every two levels. Every two levels is a Starbucks or Tim Hortons. You know, the Emperor, he's got to have his double-double. Uh, Vate Tarkin is a huge Boston cream guy, loves the Boston cream. So just every two levels and you're good to go. All right. Scott writes, Hey, John and crew, uh, movie theaters are closed here in Canada, not all over Canada, but I have yet to see Spider-Man, but I did recently read an article about a scream fan who drove three hours to Ontario's only open drive through. You probably mean drive in to see it. Have you heard anything about plans to reopen? Well, again, I am not home, right? I'm in the LA area. I haven't been home for a bit. Thank you, COVID. Uh, I haven't been able to be home for a bit. I'm a little bit out of touch. However, we did have somebody, one of our viewers in Quebec the other day, wrote in to let us know that they are reopening theaters in Quebec. So I've got to imagine there's probably, that's probably going to start to roll out. So hang tight there. It's going to come soon. It's going to come soon, Scott. Hold out. Hold on and be ready. All right. Thanks for writing in, Scott. All right. Next up. Uh, Valentin Vasilev writes, uh, wouldn't Blade be perfect? a perfect mentor to Black Knight, given that Blade would have to struggle against and resist the darkness of his vampire side? So he should be perfect to help Black Knight resist the temptation and corruption of the sword. Eh... Maybe yes, maybe no. Look, there are very, very different temptations, though. And as such, there are certain things that Blade could probably do that would not be applicable to Black Knight, right? There's just some things that he could do to quench his bloodthirst, but that's not really what blood, uh, Black Knight's thing is really more just a desire to kill. So I don't know. Plus, don't forget, we don't know how long has Blade been Blade in the MCU. For all we know, he's just getting started too. Hmm. I'm not saying that he is. We have no idea, but I'm just saying we have no idea. So Blade in the MCU, Mahershala Ali's Blade, he may not be in a position to mentor anybody. Now, Blade may be mentoring a younger vampire trying to resist the urges that are unique to vampires. That might be a better fit, but I don't know. That could very well be one of the angles that they're going with, Valentin. So if they are, 
you then you called it. So we'll see how they go with that. I just know that I'm very, very excited to finally get around to seeing this thing. All right. Next up, we've got Dr. Nova, who writes, Angela Lansbury fights Nazis in bed knobs and broomsticks, uh, which came out after Mary Poppins because Disney couldn't make more Mary Poppins movies. If you want the full trilogy, watch Mary Poppins, bed knobs and broomsticks and Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. I mean, actually, the other connection, I can't remember the dude's name, uh, but the guy who played um, the dad, the guy who played the dad, the father in Mary Poppins was also in bed knobs and broomsticks. So there's kind of like a little bit of a weird connection there too, Dr. Nova. All right, next up, Senpaigar writes, one of two. This quote is from one of my favorite old TBS comedy shows called Yes, Dear. That Greg guy is so annoying. He's constantly singing the wrong words to every song on the radio. Um, like in the land down under, he thinks they're saying Vegemite sandwich when they're clearly saying dynamite sun bitch, LOL. Have you or someone, you know, ever got the lyrics to a song wrong? If so, what song? Oh, all the time, man. By the way, I've never did watch yes, dear, but all the time. I think that's something that's happened. Not just all the time to me. I think that's something that happens a lot. Of time. I think there's this big joke with Courtney Cox about the, Oh, what's the um, Elton John song? You know, hold me close, Tony Danza. Like, right. Like the people get the that uh, a lot of Elton John songs people go wrong. I get I've thought about the wrong lyrics all the time, all the time. I I always think of the lyrics of the song. I can't even pick one out. There's just too many of them. So yeah, man, that does happen a lot. Um, actually, question for you guys at home: at, What's a song that you constantly got like you for a long time thought you knew the lyrics to, but you really didn't? I'd be curious to hear your comments on that. Drop it below. All right, Kevin Morales writes. Hey, John and company, I just saw your discussion about Black Knight and Blade. I think maybe Blade is being positioned to counsel Kit's Black Knight in resisting temptation. Somebody else just wrote the same thing. As Blade has had to curb his thirst. Can he help teach him to resist the Blade? What do you think? Well, again, we just, somebody sent in a completely identical question to that. Maybe, again, the, the one question I would have is that Blade, as a vampire, has a very unique set of temptations that Black Knight would have that's different. But maybe there's some crossover in how to actually deal with those temptations. Maybe, so that could be a thing. Um, and then our final question today comes to us from Spider-Man Work From Home, who tipped in like $20. Thank you, Spider-Man Works From Home, to for supporting our channel on that level, man. And he writes, uh, Hi, John. Longtime fan here. Well, thank you so much for that. I'm also a big fan of the Asylum knockoff movie trailers. You should definitely check out the new trailer for their soon-to-be hit movie, Moon Crash. Uh, oh, and they actually, you put in a YouTube link there, so they actually do have it. I'll tell you what. Um, some of you may have heard this, but you guys might remember back in the day when, when we were at AMC in the earlier days of AMC Movie News, we were in the converted huge storage closet at AMC Burbank 16. And that's where we did our shows and everything from. We later got right across the street from it, a huge amount, like a 9,000 square foot uh, studio and office space for our operation. And it was great and wonderful. But it turns out that right beside us was Asylum. We didn't know that was them there. And then one day, a bunch of guys from Asylum, as we were getting moved in and getting everything set up, a bunch of guys from Asylum came over 
and to say welcome to the neighborhood and they knew who we were they knew who movie talk was and they brought us like loads of dvds of their movies and some swag and shirts and stuff like that and uh yeah we were right beside the asylum studios for a long time and they've done some very memorable things from um snakes on a train as opposed to snakes on a plane uh transmorphers instead of the transformers i mean they're not a lot of iconic iconic ripoff stuff that's just glorious anyway and they also did sharknado so they did original ip as well but i have not seen that one i'm, I'm going to be curious to go and check that one out and with that guys that'll do it for this installment of the companion videos thank you so much for being here there are still more to come we didn't get around to all of them by the way there are still more out there but don't worry we will pick up on these on the next video but for now guys thank you so much for being here and making this show part of your day big special thank you to all you guys who sent on those questions number one because you gave us great fun things to talk about but number two you supported this channel as you did it and all of us involved with the john campus show thank you guys so very much for your support okay guys don't forget to subscribe to the channel click the thumbs up button and make sure you come on back and watch the next installment of the companion videos and make sure you join us live for the john campus show every morning monday through friday at 10 a.m pacific standard time we hope to see you guys there so that'll do it for me guys my name is john campia until next time my friends bye bye